Welcome back to Your 1230, the only podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of 12 questions in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Mike Salitro, and today we are thrilled to be joined by Gary McHugh Jr. of McHugh Growth. Gary helps business owners and professionals get more clients, re-engage their existing clients, make more money in 90 days. He's a 10x certified speaker, a coach, and a mentor. Gary, welcome. We are really thrilled to talk to you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it and thrilled to be on. You got it. Are you ready for your 1230, Gary? Let's get it. All right. Well, start off here. You do a lot of stuff and I choose my words carefully there. When you meet somebody new, how do you introduce yourself? Yeah. So I, I introduce myself, uh, you know, generally say, hi, my name's Coach Gary. Um, I help business owners and professionals make more money in 90 days or less through training, coaching and live events. Okay. So still a lot of things in that list. Is there one that you started with? Is there one that you prefer to do? Is there one that you do most often? I would say coaching is my favorite uh, for a couple of reasons. It's it's generally one-on-one. It can be small group. It's very personal. Um, and that's really why I got into the space. The training is is absolutely necessary. And then the live events are are a blast, right? Um, but coaching is is really that high impact for me. And how, besides the one-on-one, what does it look like when you are working with your clients? How do they uh, engage with you and, and how do you kind of impact their business? Certainly. Yeah. So as, as we're going through our, our client relationship, there's an onboarding process to get to know really much more about their, their business as far as very high level overview, getting their general strategy, making sure that there's goals in place and tasks and strategies to actually achieve those goals. Um, but then drilling all the way down into the finite numbers. How many calls are you making in a given day? What types of calls are you making? Uh, do you have an, an online strategy? Where really in the numbers of the business are you making headway? Or are there opportunities for advancement? And that really then gets into the nitty gritty of it's business. And, and it's a business coaching relationship. It's, I'm not here to be your life coach. I'm here to get you, you know, results and success. Um, so if along the way we talk about something that, you know, motivation, mindset, if there's a family issue, those sorts of things, of course, come up for people. But the goal is business success and productivity. Nice. I, I like that answer. And I want to follow up on a few things. The first sure. being the the numbers piece. How often do you find that business owners either A, know their numbers as opposed to have no idea, and B, when you dig into them, that they're either accurate or that the numbers you're actually looking to uh, build upon. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you said there, know your numbers. That, to many people, is a foreign concept. Um, and it can be challenging. It's time-consuming in, in some ways, and, and there's a lot of automation. But if you don't know where to find it, that's where having the coach come in provides those shortcuts to get you that efficiencies. Uh, but then once we do have the numbers, like you said, making sure they're accurate, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And the last thing we want to do is build a strategy for your business of all things based on inaccurate or incomplete information. So I, I would find, you know, most often, you know, solopreneurs, uh, particularly agents, um, tend to not know their numbers quite as well. Maybe they've got the dashboard out of, you know, Meta or another program, you know, where they've got that they probably know how many calls you're making in a week, that sort of thing. But really drilling down and putting it into a cohesive plan, usually the tech just isn't there to facilitate. And that's a huge opportunity then to bring in some solutions right away that are helpful, but aren't 
you know, we're not talking about an ERP, an enterprise resource, you know, system here. We we just need some simple tools that will help get those numbers available and accurately. Okay. And but Gary, I, I make plenty of money. I'm just working too hard. I hired you to help me be a little more efficient. Why do I need to drill down when I I, I like I said, I'm making plenty? Yeah. Well, like you said, Mike, you are doing great. You're doing fantastic. And that is why you hired me. In fact, all of my clients bring me in because they're already doing well and they want to do better. There's always that next level. And that's exactly why we're going to work on those questions together. So let me ask you, did you hit your goals that we talked about last week? And that's exactly how a coaching call might go. A little brief mini role play there. That that's a good answer because I think it gets into my next question, but it doesn't because it doesn't diminish what their their question is, but it kind of really reinforces why it's important. And Correct. my next it's question, the recognition. Yes, my next question builds on you mentioned strategies, solopreneurs. So I'm guessing that a lot of what you do is tailored to your specific clients, built out of a larger program. How do you one help implement those strategies to a specific client, and then two, mm-hmm. are, are there tactics that you see most often used that you get a lot of uh, quick wins or biggest results up front? Certainly, and and that quick win results up front is exactly what we're looking for. Um, the point of any conversation, any call, really, is to provide value. And if the value hasn't been driven to where you've actually helped the client, and this goes for all spaces. Um, you know, if you aren't helping your client every time you're talking to them, then there's a problem there. You're either getting them information, providing a solution, maybe delivering a final, you know, like a final deliverable. But that's not going to be every call. But there should always be something of value that's genuinely helping that client. So really focusing on big wins. And usually in a coaching capacity, one of those first big wins comes from mindset and goals, getting clarity, because clarity takes out the hesitancy and the concern for, I don't know if this is really what I want. Can I push myself as hard as I need to, to go after this goal? Because I haven't hemmed in if that's really the goal I want. But when you have that clarity, it takes those roadblocks away and it gives you the the ability, the power to overcome the obstacles that of course we know you're gonna face. Um, And then as far as is delivering that, there's a structure, right? So it is part of a larger program, whether it's coaching, if it's three, six or 12 months, there's a series, a general framework that most everyone's gonna run through, um, but then really pinpointing one-on-one or for that business, what the high impact areas are to get them those wins and, and keep moving forward. And then in the training side, then it's much more structured as far as working through modules and segments to deliver the material in a method that's been proven to drive success over many, many businesses. Very nice. I, I like the something of value on every call, every touch, every yeah. uh, interaction, because uh, it's a good way to think about it, that it, otherwise it's, for lack of a better term, a waste of, of each of your time. Exactly. Um, but I, I do also find that value has a very soft meaning or meaning to di- different meaning to different folks. So how do you define it? How do you kind of work with your clients to understand what's valuable to their audience as opposed to what they might think might be uh, a useful contact? Sure. Yeah. And one of the greatest ways to do that is ask your past clients, go out and, and work that existing database and ask them, you know, Hey, what in this process did you find was particularly helpful, uh, made it easier to go through, streamlined it, Um, You can even go so far as to ask, and and actually you should be doing this, is people who haven't done business with you, pull them in some capacity 
what led you to make that decision? Because deciding not to work with you, it is a decision. Buyers are always coming to a decision point. It may not be the one that you wanted, but they made a decision. So if you're able to pull that group of people, then you're able to see now deficiencies. And that really is going to be honest advice because what's their incentive to tell you you're great at something that they decided not to go with you for that reason? And it it's not going to be price. And if they say it's price, then there's something else there. And you've got to dig deeper on that. Why is that the case? Why is it not price? Yeah, I quite frankly, price is almost never the issue. And I think this is one of the most common perceptions and salespeople make this mistake across all industries is you hear, well, the price is too high or I can't afford it. Well, okay, we'll take you to a lower priced offering. Well, what we find though in the data and in, in working across industry, across many businesses is it's not about the price. Something else in that value proposition is missing or there's a lack of trust. So are you the right person to help them? Is the product or the service right to fix their problem? Because that's really what people are buying is solutions to problems. And is your company the right company to deliver it? Do they think you're going to be around in 10 more years when they need that next service? Or do they think the product's going to last that lifespan that they've been promised? So there's a trust capacity, but price is more often and really almost always a red flag or a false flag, a red herring, I should say, for something else. Um, so digging in with those qualifying questions, you'll pull out the real reasons. And when you handle the, well, it was trust, I just needed more information. Now price is no longer the issue because my trust is increased. I'm not worried about, you know, the $100, the $500, the $200,000 if we're talking about, you know, a piece of real estate, right? So it's critical to have that trust, but it's also important to realize they're not saying no to you. They're saying no to something in that deal. And it's our job as the sales professional to ferret that out and handle that objection. That, that's, a, that's another another good answer because it asks you to reach out or to contact people mm -hmm. that are not working with you, which is, I want to say, somewhat counterintuitive. But I don't think it's everyone's first thought, especially for the reason you bring up that they don't have any reason to lie to you. They're probably going to give you the honest truth if you know if you get that far. So getting that information response, is very yeah. valuable. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask about something that you mentioned earlier: the looking at results and success uh, from a business perspective with your clients. And you said you're not a life coach. One thing that I found is that, especially with solopreneurs, small business owners, that personal and business are very intertwined. And yeah. even, even if you present yourself as, hey, we're look talking business, uh, the personal side is going to come up, especially when you start including mindset and uh, overall goal setting. So Absolutely. how how do you navigate that? Do you have any any good stories or uh, what, what is your general philosophy, especially when you, when you are trying to focus on business? For sure. Yeah. So I think, I mean, just like you said, the personal side is going to come in. And with solopreneurs and I would say maybe less experienced business owners, you know, who just, they just haven't seen as much yet. So everything is kind of new. Everything seems to be this massive challenge. And it, and it is, if it becomes that for you, right. Um, the personal side of that is I'm learning so much. I'm drinking through the fire hose at all times. So when we narrow down and get that clarity and that focus, it really helps bring that overwhelming feature off and the personal issues not that they go to the side completely or they go away, but they turn from being the focus of a conversation 
And that's where really in the coaching, you're able to direct somebody back to, you know, hey, I get that's frustrating. You know, there's a money problem. There's this, that or the other. But what's the source of it? Is it that the business isn't performing? Is there something that's not clear? And really drilling down, just as price wasn't the issue, the family or the personal issues probably aren't the root cause. And if they are, then there's another professional capacity who can help you with that. And, and that, you know, I would encourage people to always seek those resources, whether they're health, mental, et cetera. Um, but in the coaching format, keeping it to business, and again, focusing on the numbers. The biggest thing in doing that is that numbers don't lie unless they're a lie. So it goes garbage in, garbage out. As long as you're not putting in BS numbers, they're going to tell you if if we know based on the numbers and the calls and that you've generated in the past, or if you're doing online, however your lead generation has been, we can then look at what the conversion rate is. And it might be a hard thing to look at because it might not be where you wanted it or thought it was, but those realizations bring us back to the roots of problems. And from there, we focus on, okay, what do we do next to conquer that, to achieve that next goal? Um, so it really, it, it always comes back to numbers even when it's something personal, uh, you know, for example, personal goal, you know, we've got one daughter, uh, we want another child, right? But with that comes new financial uh, considerations, a bigger family, maybe we need a bigger home and that's been on the table, right? So all of these things start to come into play, but each of those items we can put a number to. So we're not gonna put a dollar amount to the joy of our family and, and you know, being a husband and a father and those sorts of things, but we know how much that next kid might cost and we know what the business needs to produce in order to support that. So now we're back to a place where we can get a finite step and take those actions to reach them. Okay, thank you for tying that in with a as real life example as you yep. can have. Um, switching gears a moment, one of the highlights of your bio, 10X certified. For those that don't know, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah, so 10X certified speaker, coach, and mentor. Um, that is a certification within the Grant Cardone licensee program. Um, so the base level prerequisite is to be a Grant Cardone licensee. From there, we go through four stages of online training inside of Cardone University, which is a licensee side of the normal Cardone University that everyone has access to uh, by working with a licensee or through the 10X program. Um, once that four step has been completed, self-study, and it's about boy, 90 or 100 hours of self-study, so it's substantial, um, there's a two-day masterclass down at 10X HQ in Miami. Um, and at that point, they bring in outside consultants who focus then on really the speaking and the coaching side of things. Um, and then the mentor facilitation is there as well. Um, and then even within that program, I'm very proud to say that I'm also a Grant Cardone elite coach, which is about the top 4% of all licensees. So there's, oh boy, about 80 of us that are certified. And there's about 19 of us out of the whole group that are elite coaches. Um, and, and that brings additional training and resources to myself as a coach to be able to deliver an even higher quality product. Very nice. Thank you for, for that description. Uh, elite's never a bad thing and more resources is, is helpful. Absolutely. Uh, really quickly here. I was at a, a tech conference a few years ago and Grant was one of the uh, main presenters and I found him fantastic. I've always enjoyed his stuff, um, but I was surprised afterward that there was some, um, let's say, 
pushback to some of his messaging that he can be decisive uh, or uh, he can be uh, cause multiple different reactions to to the way sure. that he presents his material. What what about Grant drew you to this program specifically? I mean, somebody who's accomplishing the things that you are, you had many different avenues to take your uh, certification or to take your coaching program. What yeah. about Grant specifically and Cardone uh, University that was a draw to you? For sure. Yeah. So I, I liked the openness. I liked the high energy. Um, I think that that's so impactful. We have to have energy and drive. Um, and at that time when I was looking for those opportunities, I was coming from accounting and then mortgages and, and mortgage kind of has that high energy, right? But sometimes you get beat down by just that financial world still. Um, and I really started training on my own, saw the massive energy and was drawn to that. And then being technically minded, being able to see the massive amount of success stories from other customers and clients, um, that then just assured me that the program is proven and that combination was a match made in heaven. Very nice, very nice, very well put. Uh, so we've spent a lot of time talking about you know, the many professional things that you do. And one of that is the 10X certified speaker. Um, so speaking obviously is part of your professional makeup. What is it like walking up those stairs onto the stage? How do you prepare? How how do you do that? Because you know, as we all see that public speaking is one of the top fears out there and that even if people were given the opportunity, they probably wouldn't take it. So how have you conquered that? Yeah. I, and what I would say is it started a long time ago. Um, you know, the, the school projects, uh, my time back in Boy Scouts, um, being able to lead and instruct in certain capacities. Those are great openers, right? You start to get that sense for it and build up a little bit of experience, um, even if it's ever so slight. And then took a communications class in college. It's the only communications class I took, um, but really learned kind of that impromptu, a little more of the technical behind it. And what really comes down to, and I think this is the biggest fear with public speaking, but also hesitancy in any part of our lives, is if you don't like it or if it overwhelms you, there's probably something you don't understand about it. So a new skill is overwhelming, not because it's so challenging we can never master it, but because it's new and there's so much we don't know yet. And that is really the source of the fear. So in just doing it, um, and public speaking, specifically being a 10X certified speaker, it, it's all formats. So it could be walking up the stairs to a stage. It could be walking in and, and presenting in a restaurant. Um, and you're doing a lunch and learn format. Or most recently, I did one for the Chamber of Commerce in my area. Um, with a room of 20 people, it was in the restaurant. There were servers coming around. And, and part of it is, is learning how to put those distractions out. Um, and if you can do it in that format, then you bring it into the digital side, podcasts, um, you know, voiceovers, just going live on social media. Those are all speaking engagements. Um, and we actually, we call those stages. So if it's someone else's like today, other people's stage. Um, if it's your own stage where you've created the event, then it's your own stage. And, and there's strategies to approach those as well. Um, so it comes back to clarity and having the information, but then putting in the time. It's about practice and it's about experience, just like, like any other skill. So uh, the experience piece, for sure, getting it done, getting it in front of the audiences, getting on on those stages, uh, the preparation and planning piece is, is a little different. How do you prepare? What do you do to get yourself ready? How do you you know make the best uh, possible presentation, best uh, delivery for your audiences? 
Yeah, yeah. So I think um, if it's more formal, so maybe a seminar or a formal presentation, general rule of thumb, four to five hours of practice for every 30, 40 minutes of delivery. So if you've got a one hour presentation, you might want to start thinking 10 hours of prep. And that can sound massively overwhelming, right? Where am I going to find 10 hours? I'm so busy as it is. But if it's content you've already mastered, you don't really have to focus on the content. What you want to focus is on order delivery and audience engagement. Um, so being able to read the room and, and to practice that, get a small room. Invite the family over for dinner and say, hey, I'm making dinner or, or the, you know, your wife, your husband, somebody's going to make dinner. We're going to have it pizzas ordered in, whatever it is. Get that group together and say, the deal is you get dinner. I get an audience and take notes and engage like if you were attending. Um, so again, that chamber, uh, chamber of commerce, lunch and learn. I had a, a good, good buddy of mine come over. We ordered in pizzas and I handed him a printout of the workbook, just like I would in the live event. And he took notes. Um, and then the benefit is you're able to break down with that group what happened. Okay. Well, you stumbled here. It seemed like maybe you need a little more work or wow, that story really hit me. And now, you know, 100% you're putting it in um, and, and do those breakdowns, record yourself too. That That's another great one. Just sit in front of your computer, your webcam, your, your phone, whatever it is, and, and just hit record and don't think about it. Just do. And then watch it back. And, and you'll learn so much just from that exercise. Oh, there are a few things tougher than watching yourself on video or listening to your voice on that audio, is but that is, that's great but advice. It, it, get, it does get easier. You got, it's, it's a mental block. That's all it is. All you're hitting is play. Is, are there any hard and fast musts for you on a stage or any absolute will not do's, anything that you fall into either of those categories when you're presenting? I will not talk on something I don't feel confident on. Um, and, and what I mean by that is competency of the material, uh, having appropriate time to prepare, depending on the formality, um, and also confidence. So if somebody pulls you and it's like one second later and you just have to go, that is the truest form of impromptu speaking. And if you don't have everything else already hammered out, it's going to be a problem. Um, but if you can get even 30 seconds or a minute to yourself, stand up, move your body, and be authentic. Um, one of the, the great things that I've been hearing in, in the organization lately is the from Gary Bracco, who runs 10X Health, um, the highest form of frequency that the human body exudes is authenticity. So just go up there and be you. If you're nervous, be nervous. You can even say, hey guys, I'm really nervous today. This might not go so well. And then chuckle because you're going to relax, they're going to relax, and your delivery is not going to be a flop. Everyone has an understanding that you know what you're talking about. And if you genuinely don't know what you're talking about, don't talk about it. <laughs> just, just communicate that. You know, Hey, I am not prepared today to talk about the ins and outs of restaurant management in a health and safety setting. I don't know it. And that's all you need to say. Probably good advice that if you don't know what you're talking about to not speak or speak very little about in many, in many different areas, not just on stage. And I'm yeah. glad you brought up Gary Brecca. He's, he's another personal story I'll interject here. He spoke at a pretty large conference I was at a few months ago. I think there was between six and 8,000 real estate folks, different people there and 20, 30 speakers over three days. And, he, you know, it's, it's an audience where if you don't 
engage quickly. They are on their phones. They're out of the room. He spoke for over an hour and was just amazing as, you know, authentic, authentic as he was telling his story, what he does, what his uh, mission is. And, you know, that room was, you know, on the edge of their seats and he, he was, he was just fantastic. So I'm glad you brought his name yes. up. Another, he, another great, he, uh, 10 great. Resource. It's a pleasure to, to see him again, or if any, you know, the, the listeners go, go see him. If you haven't, it, it is a masterclass in speaking and presenting, just watching him deliver his content. Yes. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, one last uh, professional-ish type question. We talked about quick wins briefly. Uh, is there one or two things that our listeners can do tomorrow that they're not doing, to, that they probably are not doing today that you found is something that is usually overlooked or underutilized? Sure. Yeah. So using fear as a tool, um, if there's something, you know, not if it's bad for you, right? Like if we're afraid of jumping off a cliff without a parachute. Yeah. Don't go do that. But <laughs> If you're afraid of picking up the phone because there's a deal that might be falling through, pick up the phone because there's only two things that can happen. It's in a position that you thought it was, and now you have the opportunity to try and save it, or it's gone and it was dead and it's just sitting there in your pipeline weighing on your mind. So if you didn't have a deal to begin with, confirm it, figure out how to handle that, but then move on. Um, I would say that's probably one of the biggest wins. And, and that's just a healthy part of any pipeline, um, but vastly overlooked and challenging. It's not necessarily fun, but it's like spring cleaning. You've got to clean those things out and you might pull some, some diamonds out of it. Uh, the other thing I would say is your power base. And this one I know is more talked about, so it's not quite so obscure, but really emphasizing drill down, make sure everyone who's ever known you if they were your friend, your colleague, a former boss, a past client, someone who didn't buy from you. Um, Grant even tells a story of, he called his former high school bully up after like 28 years or something crazy. And was like, hey, you used to not like me very much. And they joked about it, um, but that's another contact now. And you're, you're using the existing people who know you because it's so much easier when they already know you, you have a level of trust and authenticity existing to be able to then go off of that and build something. Um, and then one final one that I'll throw in is the second sale. It's always easier to make the second sale. Once someone's bought from you before, even if it's a different product or service, they are much more likely with much less effort to buy from you again. So do not discard the importance of that but make sure that you're closing the first sale first. Don't try and you know do the upgrade, the second sale before you've got that first one closed. Um, that that's the flip side of that coin, and and a, a big mistake that can be made is then it feels like we're just throwing add-ons in, and and that's not a fun feeling as a buyer. And and if, if you wouldn't appreciate it, don't do it to someone else. Be ethical. Be be you know yourself. Those are those are good ones. I'll start with the second one first. The Second sale, yes, it's much easier to keep a client than earn a new one. But your distinction that you make is really, really important that mm -hmm. you need to close the first deal, deliver, if not over-deliver on what you're going to do. Make sure that client experience is you know, top-notch for them and that yeah. they will be happy to buy another one. Not that they're feeling like, oh, well, you kind of gave me 70% of what you said you are. Now you're trying to sell me something else. That's yeah, exactly. I'm glad you said it that way. And you know, facing the fears up front, that's... All of us have them, understanding what they are and how we can kind of uh, use them to our advantage is really important. Uh, we are coming up on our time. 
We have spent a good amount digging into a lot of the things that you are up to on a daily basis. Yes. So I'll ask you, is there anything that I didn't bring up today? I didn't ask that I probably should have. Oh boy. Um, man, I mean, we covered everything pretty thoroughly. I would say, you know, the only thing that, that maybe is a little different is, is recording my own course. Um, so I did record my own objection handling course. It's of course, built off the material and the content. Um, but I'd highly encourage anyone who's interested in objection handling to to get in touch and and I'd love to show you that content. Um, especially if you enjoyed listening to me. I know, you know, my style is different than Grant's and, and Grant's is different than yours, Mike. And, and that's the beauty of working with people is you get to go off of styles and and characters, right? So if you connected with me more so than maybe even Grant, you know, reach out. I'd love to help you in any capacity that I can. So I'll post a link to that course in the show notes. Where should Excellent. our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you most easily? Yeah, so across all the socials and my website, it's at make you growth. So M-I-C-U and then the word growth. So it's either at or dot com. Super easy. Very nice. Easy is, is a good thing when it comes to finding, uh, finding those resources. And then just um, wrapping up. We talked... A good amount about what you do, how you do it, why your clients love you. What do you do when you are not working with your clients, when you are looking for time off, time away, or just to relax? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm actually headed to Florida uh, in about a week and a half. We're going down to Panama City Beach, um, traveling with some friends of ours who also have a daughter about the same age as ours, and we're going to take the girls to the beach. So, so definitely anything along the water, whether it's Lake Huron in Michigan here or pretty much anywhere in Florida I'm cool with, but yeah, by the water on the water with sailing or by the water in some capacity. Okay. Can't argue water. And you mentioned boats. Are you a power or sail guy? Uh, sail. I actually um, was a sailing instructor, sailed through college. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a sail. But if anybody wants to invite me on the power boat, I always say yes to that too. There's no better friend to have than one with a boat. So correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gary, this has been uh, a lot of fun and a blast speaking with you. I, I do look forward to uh, doing it again. And thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you again, Mike.